Well, hey there, everybody. Your old pal Devlin here, and we have a lot to get to today. First, I want to make sure that you know about our Patreon. Patreon is a site that helps artists and entrepreneurs keep their creative endeavors afloat with monthly sponsorship from listeners and supporters like you. For just $5 a month, you can gain access to special episodes, videos, and premiere content from this show and all of your favorite guests. Just go to patreon.com forward slash faux that's F-A-U-X-R-E-A-L, to get started. A couple of items of serious business before we get going here. It's at least week eight of quarantine for most people, and I gotta tell you, I'm feeling a certain way about it. It's frustrating, it's scary, and it's a little lonely. But remember, we are all in this together, and we're going to make it through together. And when the quarantine is finally safely lifted, we are all gonna, we're all going to run out together into the streets with shouts of joy and celebrations throughout the country. Many of you, like myself, are also dealing with being unable to pay rent during this difficult and honestly insane time. Many of you are also dealing with landlords and property managers at your throat demanding payment. It's important to keep in mind that there is an executive order in place by Governor Newsom preventing any and all eviction attempts, notifications, and assessments against all California renters until at least the end of June at this point. It keeps switching around, but right now it's the end of June, and... um, It's an executive order, so they can't move it around. That means landlords cannot serve you with a three-day rent or quit, unlawful retainer, or any associated writ or legal mandate for any non-payment due to being laid off, furloughed, or otherwise unable to work or not receiving payment, forcing you to be unable to pay rent due to the pandemic, okay? If you are in the greater Los Angeles area and dealing with threats or action from your landlords or property management due to these effects and need help, contact the Tenants Law Firm by filling out their intake form at tenantslawfirm.com forward slash contact or calling them at 747-444-2705 and they will assist you, okay? I also know there are untold thousands out there like me who may likely also be going totally nutso trying to get your money from the uh, Department of Unemployment right now. Labor Commissioner Julie Sue has done a number of Facebook Live addresses over the past few weeks discussing the various issues plaguing us and has outwardly admitted that the EDD... Uh, has extremely antiquated systems, both for their phone lines and their online portal, which she says is the one we all have to use. Obviously, the EDD could upgrade their systems, but that would take a crap ton of money. And even though that would be the logical progression, uh, the logical decision that they should definitely do, uh, currently it's not within their purview or supposedly within their budget, which I think is bullcrap, but whatever. That being the case, there are thousands upon thousands of, uh, of you out there who can't get through to a worker, let alone find out how to proceed with applying for benefits, whether uh, UI or the new PUA system. 
For reference, the EDD customer service line, the regular one, is 1-800-300-5616. But that number, incredulously, as it has always been for some BS reason, is only available from 8 a.m. to noon on Monday through Friday. So, the state set up a new number um, that's currently open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday, and that is 833-978-2511. Further, um, here are some other alternate numbers I've found uh, via the incredible service Get Human, as well as a number of other <laughs> uh, rabbit holes that I've that I've uh, dove into over the past couple of months. Uh, I'm just going to throw them at you. So the first one is 1-800-480-3287. At the prompt, dial 3, then 2, then 1, then 0, which will get you right to a worker. There's another one at 619-525-4995. The corporate office is 714-687-4400. There's another customer service number at 909-383-4663 and yet another one at 916-654-7401. These are all vetted numbers, ones that uh, I've called a number of them. Lots of other people have called them. They all work. They go to different offices and different places, but they will get you to a worker You may have to stay on there for a while. You may have to keep calling back. It's a real slog. Uh, May the odds be ever in your favor, guys. We can do this. I hope perhaps that that those will help you. Um, We're going to get through this, okay, guys? Now, let's get on to my very excellent guest. His name is Sam Gash. He is a writer, actor, fellow podcast host and producer with an amazing show called Ideal Remake, which we will get into, a semi-professional Pokemon Go player, and I'm really honored to call him my friend. We met on set for a really cool web series called Learning Town, which was, uh, which was people and puppets, and um, we also talk about that in the show, and we've stayed friends ever since. Sam is one of those guys who will make you smile with the first words he says to you and keeps the conversation full of laughs the whole time. I'm really excited to have him on this episode, and I can't wait for you to listen. With that, and with no further ado, let's get to the show with my amazing guest, Sam Gash. I wouldn't have it any other way, honestly. Waiting until I can uh, uh, feed my buddy in a couple of minutes. (laughs) Turns out my fan was dusty, and I got dust on me and then on my desk, and that was weird and gross. Oh, yeah. I need to clean mine, too. It's it's pretty disgusting. It's a whole thing, though. You got to unscrew it, pull it apart, like, make sure the the 
like with mine, it's a little it's a little mini one, and I got to make sure all the little cords don't get all discombobulated as I'm like trying to take off the face of it. It's a whole thing. Yeah, mine's pretty. I mean, I don't know if it counts as mini. But it's pretty small, but I literally got it in college, so it's a 12, 13 year old fan that I just use every once in a while. And like before, I moved a couple years ago. I just like sat down. You're like, like twenty five, oh, Sam. Don't lie to me. Don't worry about it. Uh, and like literally, it's rusted shut, so I cannot physically open the fan. Oh, okay. If I could, life would be easier. But I, I physically. Listen, we it. all have things we have to deal with, but I'm a huge fan of yours. I'm really excited to have you. See how I did that? Uh, I'm yeah, really I excited to do an intro or something. But that's fine. Yeah, that's how you want to roll. I mean, whatever. But it's fam talk with Devlin and Sam. That's right. How do you? How are you keeping cool in the summer months? It's the podcast for your for you cold air fanatics. That's right. I hear your voice sounding weird because we're talking fam. <laughs> Just talk right into it and hear yourself go. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm really excited to have the amazing Sam Gash here on Faux Real. He is an excellent writer, um, podcaster. He's a fellow podcaster, no, uh, um, and semi-professional Pokemon Go player, just like myself. So we, uh, we, we. Most of our conversations are pretty nerdy because we're trading uh, pictures of all the Pokemon that we're catching. And I make him super jealous of all the amazing shinies that I catch pretty much all the time, including uh, my shiny Riolu, which I'm so proud of. Yes. Uh, you do know that since you got your shiny Riolu, there was a shiny Riolu event, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> I did it before it was cool. That is true. You absolutely do. And I was and am extremely jealous. Uh, I uh, what's the bitch I used to be jealous. I still am, but I used to too. As well, yes. Uh, Mitch Hedberg didn't say as well. He said too. Oh, sure, too too. Yes. I will quote Mitch Hedberg for this entire show if I have to. Please, I, I love Mitch Hedberg. Might as well. Uh, so, how are you, Devlin? How have you been? What's uh, I'm, what's, I'm doing what's okay. I'm, uh, you know, just like uh, most people, I'm marathoning the hell out of everything. I'm not gonna watch Tiger King, and I don't, I don't care how much peer pressure I get from I from the world. I I could care less. But I've been watching absolutely everything else, including oh god, and I'm so embarrassed to say this, but I I watched the whole uh, Too Hot to Handle series on Netflix, and uh, yeah, it was just trash TV. It's trash TV. Trash TV. Like it of the most epic kind. It was just, yeah. you know, I, I like watching beautiful people. Who doesn't? Um, I also watched it for um, Shan Booty, who is um, a sexual educator. She has a new Quibi show called Sexology, which I got to be on. So I was kind of watching for her. I, I, I really, um, you know, uh, she's just really great. She's one of those people that is so when she speaks you listen she always has something very intelligent and important to say and uh, uh you know anyway yes trash tv it was great i loved it i, I also have not watched 
watch Tiger King, but I did listen to the Tiger King podcast. Oh, how was that? It's better. Uh, because it, it, like, they were running, like, they're not connected anyway. They were just both telling the story at the same time. And what I find super interesting is seeing on Facebook all the, like, oh, yeah, Tiger King this, Tiger King that. The, the, the Netflix TV show is a lot more, um, uh, uh, I can't think of the word. It, it, it's more on the Tiger King side, and then the podcast is a little bit more on Carol Baskin's side. Ah, okay, I see. And it's interesting being like, yeah, no, this dude's a lunatic. What is everyone going on about? And, like, literally the podcast is like, here are the crazy things he did that the show left out. We don't know why. Aren't they all kind of lunatics, though? They're all a little nuts, right? Over-the-top, zany characters. Yeah. But, yes, uh, sympathetic. The word I had been looking for was sympathetic. Um, But, yeah, my my trash TV of choice is just, like, British panel shows. It has always been British panel shows. So it's free on YouTube, which is great. But What's like, the one I should be watching of those? I mean, I love all of them. Everyone talks about QI. QI is amazing. I love what I lied to. That's super fun. Hmm. Uh, the one that I've been watching a lot of now is Taskmaster. You told Task- me about that one before. I did. I stand by it. It's great. Uh, another one to binge if you're just like into weird nerdy stuff and also. I'm not. I hate that stuff. Those weird nerdy things is. So there's a show in uh, in England, in like Great Britain, called Countdown, where they do like word and number games. Hmm. And then there was a comedy show called 8 Out of 10 Cats. And then 8 Out of 10 Cats did a parody episode of Countdown where it was just comedians playing the game. But it became wildly successful, and so they started doing that for real. So there's a show called 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, and it's comedians who have no business doing word and number games, doing word and number games legitimately, and either failing or being great at it, and it's wonderful. It's hosted by Jimmy Carr, and uh, it's super fun. I I love zany oddball stuff. You, that sounds that sounds Devlin. amazing. You Devlin will love Aliens and Cats Discount. I have no doubt. That sounds something right up my alley. Yes. Right, um, right so up the cat alley. It's, yes, it's fantastic. Cool. I, I do recommend it. Okay. Uh, but but yeah. So I wanted to ask you, how Please. does this coronavirus thing, because this could go either way uh, for a admitted germaphobe. <laughs> I can't decide if this is just, yeah, you're all getting on board. The world's gross. Or it's, I mean, worse now. Listen, I've been practicing social distancing and uh, germ protection for the last 15 or 20 years of my life. This is not a joke. Seriously, I I used to, and I've talked about this on a few shows already, and I'll keep talking about it, which is people are dirty, disgusting, filthy animals, truly. And, and sometimes, including myself. I mean, I can't observe myself outside of myself all the time, right? Sometimes you'd step in gross things or interact with gross things. This is why... I stay protected. I have to, ever more so, because I have severe asthma, very severe asthma, and, uh, bonus, a heart condition. So, not only am I super-duper high risk for getting the COVID, um, but, yes, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a general germaphobe anyway, so... I'll tell you, and the listeners won't be able to see this, but the video 
the video people will be able to see this. Oh, where did it go? Oh no. Oh no, now I have to go out of frame. Oh no. I'm gonna have to I will return. It. Here oh, I go. So I keep I keep one of these babies. This is a this is a 20 pack of wet ones in my pocket at all times. You can hear it crinkling. The, the thing um, that makes the wet ones the greatest um, germ protection in the world is the very first ingredient, and I don't know if I'll be able to see this, water. is water. That's right. So, of course, they have all the, the things that no one can pronounce in here as well. Um, but the first ingredient is water, which means... Uh, as opposed to the Lysol wipes and all of that stuff, which you're not supposed to keep using agnosium anyway, you can use these on everything. Now, that doesn't mean like, you know, wipe your mouth after you ate some barbecue or anything. Probably not great. You don't want to like consume it, but you can use these as much as you want, not only to, um, detoxify your skin but you can wipe down products which I do when I go to the grocery store everything that I'm picking up I can wipe it down not so great uh, with my box of Annie's macaroni it gets a little you know you got to be careful with like uh, <laughs> boxed things but essentially I wipe everything down I keep a pack of these in my pocket I used to carry around a bottle of sanitizer, which so many people are doing, but people, people, listen to me. <laughs> you can't keep using the sanitizer over and over and over. It loses its consistency and its germ-fighting power very quickly. You can only rub it on your hands about once or twice every hour for it to keep full capacity of germ-fighting power. If you keep applying it and applying it and applying it, which is what I used to do all of the time, it, it has zero effectiveness. It, it loses it right away. So what you really have to do with any of these sanitizers is you apply them once or twice within an hour or so, and then wash your hands like the CDC keeps telling us. Vigorously make sure and wash them inside the nails like like there are all these different techniques that everyone is showing listen i realize i am i'm not purporting to be a scientist but this is simple this I'm is simple logic the 20 seconds rule is about as uh about as helpful as the five second rule of picking something up off the floor and eating it. It's completely arbitrary. That was something applied so that, so that people get an idea of the pressure that needs to be applied. It's really about the pressure, not about the time, right? Because the whole point of washing your hands is to rub off the top layer of skin. Our skin, right, has several layers before you get to the bloody pulp region, right? You don't want to wash them with that much pressure, obviously, but you want to wash them vigorously enough where the, uh, the soap, which is made of tiny 
diamond crystals when you look under it that's why soap works it's made up of little little tiny diamond germ fighting particles and that's what rubs off the top layer of skin i know i'm going into a whole thing but there has been so much misinformation so much out there and people just just blindly follow whatever they're reading like drinking bleach instead of following some sort of some uh molecule of proper logic and understanding of how things apply to other things <laughs> you know and what i mean going and giving all of these really helpful good tips meanwhile all i can and no one listens to the show so no one is going to hear everybody everybody but do you remember the beer they used to drink on that it was called cold ones cold ones so as soon as you held up wet ones I was that's like, right you're, you're, you're having everybody a cold one. have a cold one <laughs> how am i supposed to die with these boxing gloves uh <laughs> <laughs> i love armstar runner yeah it's uh it's uh it's a good indicator of age and solidarity it is definitely <laughs> i mean they came back a few years ago and made some more episodes i watched one of them and i was like i miss high school i'm good yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah i mean look i fully support them they were are amazing and like family gave this content away for free but you can't go back no it's a different era yeah uh, I finished off Metacham's buddy excitement for today, and I've moved on to Bell Metal. Oh, excellent! Yes, keeping everyone updated. We'll Great. See what happens? Uh, Wonderful. As the podcast progresses. I still have a Tortuga as my buddy, and he's, you know, he's uh, he's turtling it up, just uh, just moving right along, and uh, <laughs> he hasn't been shell shocked yet. All of the. Uh, He's he's just he's just chilling. He's cool. great. Yep. Uh, so what do you want to talk about today? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Here we are. This is uh, listen. We okay. This has been we we've talked about this uh, at least twenty five times because I keep forgetting. Where did we originally meet? We originally met on Learning Town. I feel like that has to be where we originally met because it's the only thing that makes sense. Right. Um, I believe I originally met you through that. So I'm friends with a woman named Tame Hatsios, who was a line producer on the second to last or last or both seasons of the guild. And, ah. uh, and she like was like Sam, you should really be on like like at least do background on the show. And I was like, yes, Tommy, I agree. I have watched the show, and you are right. I should be on this. What are you doing? Why not? And and she said, uh, let me at least get you added into the group. So um, she and I, I don't really haven't really talked to her in a, a few years, but both know someone named Ashford Jackaway who had been also working on uh, the guild, and the. There had been a community of background people for the guild. What was the name of the group called? Um, the um, um, Society of Good? Nope. That's not right. Whatever. There was a name for the group of people doing yes. background on the guild. And, uh, Guildies. I I, Guildies I are the fans, but that's not... 
something like that. Something like that. And so I got added into this group, but by the time that happened, the guild kind of like ended. <laughs> right. And but I was still in the group, and so when they did Learning Town first season, they were like, "You want to do background on the show? It's not paid, but it'll be fun." And I'm like, "Yeah, all right." So I got to go hang out in the YouTube space for a week and go be on this cool show, and I'm pretty sure that's where I met you. I think that's where I met the Russell Twins. Right. And then, uh, so I think we Facebook friended after that, and just kind of like saw each other on Facebook. Randomly. Okay, that all that all comes together. That that seems to make the most sense. But then I re-met you when it was like <laughs> one of those things where because I'd seen your name on Facebook, I saw you at uh, BJ Honky Lang's July Fourth Barbecue. Independence Day Barbecue, was, yeah. Yeah, and I recognized you, and at some point I was like, ah, like Sam. And that's when we kind of like actually had a real conversation. Okay, LA, okay. It's the second time you meet someone that you actually become friends. First time you become Facebook friends. Second time you become real friends. That's the rule. That's how it works. That's the golden quote from Sam Gash right there, everybody. I Listen, Geek and Sundry and BJ Lang bringing people together. And uh, yeah. BJ Lang is, listen, I'm going to, I got to have him on this show. He was on my old show. But I don't really count that anymore because that <laughs> it kind of went down in flames, which is why I now have this show. BJ Lang, I can't, I can't. <laughs> help, help. Um, BJ Lang is is really kind of the best of us. The most congenial, funny dude. Absolutely, the dude is a two-time cancer survivor, and. Uh, you know, uh, military airman. We love you, BJ. Um, yeah, he's, he's the best. He's the best. But yeah, so that's how we met. Oh, and for those of us, uh, for those of you out there, if you're listening to the audio podcast, I don't have a, any actual listeners, so that's not possible. But if you are and you don't know what Learning Town is, it was uh, one of the many productions from Geek and Sundry, Geek and Sundry being the production company behind the aforementioned The Guild, starring Felicia Day, Amy Okuda, and, and uh, one of the only web series kind of pretty much ever that went on for multiple seasons. I think it went, it was, went on for five seasons, right? Was it five? In my head it's seven, but I really had no I idea. I think it was five. That probably is better. Um, don't quote me on that. It could have been seven. I think it was five. But um, I legitimately but anyway, it was one of the many, many great things that Geek and Sundry did. And uh, it had, uh, it was, it was a very oddball humor that had people and puppets. And it was kind of a, the web series that you would see from Avenue Q if Avenue Q had a web series. Learning so, Town Right. Yes. Learning Town. Yes. Uh-huh. So yeah, that was uh, that was a blast. I, yeah. I had I had a blast on that show. So what I specifically remember from that show is I got put in this scene where I was reacting to like Mike Furman and a puppet. Yeah. And, like it was just the two of us standing together, like just doing weird bits at each other all day. And then I had an occasion to meet him again a couple years later, and I really wanted to go. Yeah, I spent an entire day with you on Learning Town, but I didn't do that because I'm like. It would feel weird that I'd have this really specific memory of doing this thing. Yeah. And then not. But so I was like, yeah, yeah, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, for never meet your heroes. For sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was fun. It's it's a goofy, fun experience. It's very much an L.A. experience. And uh, I treasure it. Same. Um, 
But yeah, and then I'm like continually running into it, just random things here and there. Like, uh, so we found out that we were playing Pokemon because I was going, like, on the Discord for Pokemon, we were randomly going to do a raid, and you tagged in saying, wait, I want to do the raid too. And your little Discord icon was your face. And I was like, I know that face. And I, like, literally <laughs> messaged you on Facebook to be like, I know who you, this guy. Yep, that's right. <laughs> it's, uh... We're ridiculous, man. <laughs> look, we'll stop being ridiculous as soon as we stop randomly running into each other at completely... On which has happened uh, an insane amount of times, which is, you know, uh, listen, it's nerd kismet. What, what, what can what we can say? You if you keep being involved in nerd things, you'll run to other nerds. <laughs> 100%. So what are the other nerdy things that you're into right now? Uh, <laughs> right now, it's hard to say just because the world is broken. Um, I used to play a lot of Magic the Gathering. I don't anymore. Uh, but... In terms of like nerdy things, it's mostly just like content I'm consuming. So one of the things I've been doing, I happened to sign up for this writing for animation class prior to uh, coronavirus really kicking off. And our, we had our first class at Second City, and then we just like moved online. And because it's a writing for animation class, I've been having to watch a lot of animation. And it all culminated in us writing uh, spec episodes for 15-minute animation shows. So I. Uh, wrote a spec episode for Teen Titans Go, which nice. was fun. And so, like, last night, I literally watched uh, Teen Titans vs. Teen Titans Go, which was more fun than I thought it was going to be. Because I remember the Teen Titans Go to Movies movie was legitimately good and fun, which was great. And then, uh, what other nerdy stuff have I been doing? It's... Uh, just it's just trying to get by. So like I'm going for walks every day, and I'm like using Pokemon to motivate myself to get out of the house and go for like if I'm if it's a crazy day, I'll go for a two hour walk, like a five mile walk. Or if it's not, I'll just do like just a forty five to an hour minute walk sure. around here that's like half as long. But it's just like get outside, do a thing, repeat. Yeah. I, I've been doing the same, uh, getting out to do a little little Pokemoning as I as I can. I did. Uh, I hit Community Day uh, more hard than I've been hitting. I I've been I've only been getting about twenty kilometers or so a week, which is good. That means <laughs> I'm staying put, like yes. a good little nerd boy. Um, but I but I do. There's a there's a church around the corner that's a Pokestop. So I at least go there and, and get my daily catch and spin. And uh, I've been, you know, walking, I don't know. There's, there's a little path down the street that I, that I take that's got a, hey, shut up out there. We're trying to record. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, gotta, get our, gotta get our daily catches in. Um, yeah. And uh, I have been watching some incredible shows. Have you seen mm -hmm. Devs? I've been telling everyone about Devs. You told me about Devs, but I haven't really Did I? It. I probably did. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it's mind-blowing. It's, yeah. it's deep existential drama mixed with sci-fi and Nick Offerman with an awesome beard. You can't beat that. <laughs> I really uh, enjoyed it. 
all of the TV I've been watching recently has just been like pure escapism or just like YouTube nonsense. Like uh, every three, four days, a couple friends and I will do a, a Netflix party and watch Great British Bake Off. It's nice. not Great British Bake Off that I've seen before, but they haven't. So uh-huh. I'm like getting them caught up and we're watching uh, the show and like, it used to be like we'd get at, we'd get together once a month, maybe once every other month to watch two episodes. But now it's like multiple times a week, and we're like, man, we're really plowing through this show. But it's just like I just really like British television, so it's just again pure escapism for me. Where did that come from for you? What British well, television? Yeah, your love of British television. I can tell you exactly where it happened. Please. So I was in college, and I remember uh, we used so uh, my freshman year. I was on the 24-hour quiet substance free haul, and that, that group of people, I'd say 70% of the people within that hall just kind of like bonded together, and we ended up being friends throughout college, and it was just like amazing group, to the point, and every few months or so, we'd do like a pancake breakfast. We'd go over to someone's, like even when we weren't living together anymore, like we'd go over to someone's dorm or someone's apartment, and we'd, uh, we'd all make pancakes and hang out. And I remember, one of the, I'm pretty sure it was Summer. So she's aware of the, uh, of the thing. Her name is Summer Roberts. Uh, she, it's a character on the OC. I've never seen the OC, but apparently it was a character. I know a Summer Roberts. Yeah. Uh, and so Summer introduced us. She was like, I just saw this crazy show. And it was called Never Mind the Buzzcocks. And it was a British panel show that was also kind of a blend of like music it was like a music trivia, but also British comedians being silly. And she showed us this episode, and it was really, really funny and amazing. And I was like, this is incredible. And so I watched that, and then I like kept watching the show, and I tracked down other episodes because it was all on YouTube even 10 years ago. And I kept watching the show, and because I watched that show, YouTube would recommend other British panel shows. And that's how I found QI. That's how I found this, how I found that. Okay. And I've slowly been discovering, like, as I'll occasionally post about on Facebook, how many people I know really like it. Like, I had a, uh, my friend Greg went on this whole tangent about Anna Tense Cats does Countdown, and I was like, I can, can, I know what you're talking about. I agree with, well, not that, but I agree with some <laughs> of the things you're saying. Because uh, it's like, there are people who prefer the word games, and some people who prefer the number games, and I'm a bookkeeper, so I obviously prefer the number games because I'm a monster. Um, but it's just dumb and fun, and I love it. And then, yeah, I guess I just like, because it's just, it's, I like it for the same reason I enjoy certain kinds of podcasts, where it's just, these people have done so many panel shows that it's literally just the boiled down essence of friends hanging out and having fun and achieving nothing. And I love that. And that that's like the, and I'm naturally fairly empathetic. So like, I have a hard time watching hard drama, I cannot watch horror, but I, watching this makes me feel good because they're clearly having fun, so I feel like I'm having fun too. Like Betty White in the 50s. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? She was on no. like she was on every single panel show in existence. I mean, there were a whole roster of people that were on all of those panel shows that they would just cycle through, or like Bruce Valanche on Hollywood Squares. You know, it's kind of a staple. <laughs> it's uh, like keep a, bringing him back, uh, like a Hollywood Squares kind of thing. I feel like that's the only one I really know. Okay. But, well, yeah, sure. So, um, I, 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 I can't, uh, I'm trying to think of um, like uh, 
to tell a lie or um, match game or any of those oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. those yeah, old shows, you know, yeah, that they would like. Uh, Betty White was a regular panelist, and um, ah, trying to think of uh, classic people. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I can, I can feel your love coming through the screen on all of those shows, and uh, they're not ones that I'm familiar with, but I enjoy your enthusiasm. I've taken your recommendations before, so I'm definitely going to check them out. Uh, I mean, also, I like I, I like recommending them because, like, other than net, like some Netflix or HBO Go, because I've been watching McMillions too. Whatever, slowly. Yeah, uh, I watch then, it too. Like, yeah, it's hard to recommend things where it's like I don't know what subscriptions people have because the new Harley Quinn animated show is fantastic. Doom Patrol is fantastic. Yep. But how many people have DC Universe? But YouTube, it's free, and they're all free on YouTube, and it's amazing. And I can just recommend that, and it's just free entertainment for whoever has what. For sure. Um, but yeah, uh, have you been able to do any like writing or anything while we've been stuck inside? Been able to? Yes. Have I? No. <laughs> I've Man. been, I've been very bad, uh, at, right. at writing things. I've, I've been totally swimming in the ocean of escapism, just like you were mentioning. I have uh, really uh, trying to keep all my mind pieces together and not, float away and make, making sure that I still feed myself and get plenty of rest and all of those things and uh, all of those powers combined make me a, a you know Captain Insano if I don't <laughs> it's, a, it's a crazy emotional time it so is I just gotta ride the wave and, and see absolutely it yeah and my surfboard is a little cracked so I just gotta keep Look, just taping gotta it up buoyancy. we gotta talk about your show so uh, Sam uh, is the um, phenomenal host of a great podcast called Ideal Remake, which I had the great pleasure of being on, on an episode about the peanut butter solution. You want to know what's super fun? What's that? I had a conversation about the peanut butter solution. Did you? Today. Today? Yeah. Uh, so I was just a guest on another uh, podcast. No, they were guests on my podcast, uh, called, but they have a show called You Need to See This. So I'm kind of, I'm friends with one of those, and I'm sort of becoming friends with, with the other host. And, like, the, their Twitter is like, man, the peanut butter solution sure is crazy, right? I'm like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to mention this to Devlin later. Wow. Every couple of, every so often, like once a month, I find someone who's heard of the peanut butter solution. Go ahead. Tell them about the peanut butter solution. I don't know that I can. I, I mean, it, it would take me three and a half episodes to even try <laughs> to truncate it into one, uh, you know, presentable explanation. It is an absolutely volcanically insane movie. It is... <laughs> when it came out in the 80s, it was promoted as a kid's movie. It is not a kid's movie. It has kids in it. But it is 100,000% not for kids. Kids, please, only watch with parental guidance. Uh, this little boy gets a fright so terrifying that he loses all of his hair. He goes bald. And he has an encounter with some ghosts who give him a... Um, a solution. A, a solution to his problem, 
which is a recipe to regrow his hair. And he uses too much peanut butter. Ah, that's the title. And <laughs> And um, so he and ends up. Banana pants <laughs> he ends up uh, turning out like cousin it, and his hair continues to grow so long that he attracts the attention of his um, uh, pedophilic teacher who kidnaps him and a number of other children and cuts his hair to use um, for paintbrushes, which when used, paint a portal into other worlds. Something like that. Something like that. It's... <laughs> and has music by Celine Dion. <laughs> Place with music by Celine Dion. This movie is Banana Pants McGee. It, it sure is. is. It is. It's totally nuts, man. It, it, it's crazy. But I, I liked the movie that we came up with. So the basic premise of my show is that it's called, the show's called Ideal Remake. And so what we do is we take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Because, I mean, remakes are a fact of life here in Hollywood, USA. And a lot of people generally like aren't necessarily the biggest fan of remakes in general. But my theory is that the concept of remakes on its face isn't bad. It's when they're cheap and lazy that they are. Absolutely. So what I want to do is, because remaking something isn't necessarily bad, but I think, A, you take the movie that deserves a remake, and you talk about why it deserves a remake, or you take the movie that's going to be remade anyway and talk about, all right, well, what are we going to do? And so for Peanut Butter Solution, we're taking this movie that kind of, that came out in like, uh, whatever, the 80s. 1985, I believe. Yeah, it was something like that. And we talk about like this crazy concept, because on the face of it, the concept for Peanut Butter Solution isn't terrible. I guess. But, but it uh, but it was just executed in such a banana pants McGee kind of way that it it's weird. So if you take that same concept, how do you execute it well? So then we've done the same thing with well-known movies. One of the examples that I like going back to is in December we recorded an episode. I keep saying we. I recorded an episode with a guest uh, on 16 Candles. So 16 Candles is a movie that, when it came out, was a bona fide hit. It was an amazing movie when it came out. But time has passed, and I would now categorize it as a bad movie. Nostalgia be damned, it is now a bad movie. It is. It's, it's racist, it's sexist, it's homophobic, it's all the things. It's bad. I absolutely agree. But the concept is good and the emotion and the way it emotionally spoke to to, pe to little girls and to people in general when it first came out are good and important and those should be celebrated and that that should be cherished so how can you recapture those same emotions with kind of a similar story for a modern audience and so that's kind of the idea for a remake and it'll also have fun episodes like our 50th episode was uh, Space Jam because that's one of my favorite movies growing up. And how do you make Space Jam a good movie? The answer is you can't. It's already perfect. Shut up, Devlin. 
Okay. <laughs> you can't see see me on uh, on the audio, but I'm zipping my lips right now. Yeah. Uh, have you? Did you hear the? Uh, <laughs> did you hear the? Uh, how did yes. this get made? Episode. Yes, yeah. I did, and I, and I heard you talk about it. Look, the, the thing about Space Jam is, it's. I think Space Jam is very much like Hook. If you saw this movie when you were a child, you love this movie. If you did not see this movie as a child, you do not like this movie. Okay. Well, listen, I I mean, I have to disagree because I saw Space Jam in the theater. I paid money to go see Space Jam. And it thrilled me to death when I saw it because, of course, I have 100% willing suspension of disbelief. And when I'm watching, when I'm in the theater involved in a movie, I'm pretty much taken by it, even if it's uh, totally ridiculous and terrible. Much like if I had seen Peanut Butter Solution in the theater. I never did. I watched it a hundred million times on VHS. Um, but Space Jam is it it does not it does not age very well. I I'm sorry, man. I can't I I have to disagree Look, with the guys on you how did this get made? Because adult. it's I just agree. like it's not a good movie. No. But I still <laughs> love it. Okay. Okay, that's that's fair. That's totally fair. Right. I mean, okay. Like, like, I, like I'm, the, I'm no fool. I know what I'm watching here. <laughs> and again, if you listen to the episode, we'll be like, yeah, no, this is ridiculous. That's like, I, know, I, still I have it. a perfect example. The Garbage Pail Kids movie. It's an awful, awful, terrible, hideous movie. And I love it to death. I can watch it over and over and over and over and over again. And boy, did they have some things to say, <laughs> especially poor Diane Raphael on uh, on how did this get made? But I, it is, it is just, it is a worthless movie, and I love it. In fact, uh, well, there's a bunch of movies that you see when you're a kid, and you're like, I am a child, and I watch. It's nostalgia movie. power. This is good. It's absolutely nostalgia power for sure. So the answer me this okay when you were a child do you remember the first movie you saw like in theaters or not like as a child where the first time you were like it's a bad movie i don't like this so the first movie i ever remember seeing in the theater ever was the secret to my success which was which you know i just did an episode on right i am aware i haven't heard it but i'm gonna i'm gonna listen <laughs> to it i swear i went to <laughs> Promises, promises. No, I, well, I will listen to it. That, like, the week I haven't the... seen it in, I mean, 25 years. So crazy, it's worth a, 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 uh, it's worth a rewatch. My, crazy tangent about The Secret of My Success is uh, the week we were, I was going to drop the episode, a new musical on The Secret of My Success started at the Paramount Theater in New York. A musical adaptation of that movie had just began what? when that episode dropped. It was the most ridiculous piece of kismet I've ever seen. Holy ever. crap. It was amazing. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm sorry, finish telling no, you. No, no, uh, that's incredible. I So it was the first movie I remember seeing because I was with my parents, and I think... I think it was in Cincinnati. I don't know. That's the 
one and only time in my entire existence I it's the only memory I have in my entire life database of being with my parents at the same time when they were cordial to each other. Oh no. I have many memories separately being being with either my mom or dad that that were special and unique and uplifting, but that's the only one when they were together. I don't remember much about the movie other than Michael J. Fox is in it. Uh, but I, I remember the comfort of being with them in the theater when they were enjoying something with me all together. And, uh, I'm getting a little teary, honestly. <laughs> I mean, this, this isn't the uh, I have, it was, um, all, but it's a lovely story. Uh, so I definitely need to go back and rewatch it. I love Michael J. Fox. I am I miss him in things. I <laughs> I am heartbroken that uh, you know he is going through what he's going through, and uh, you know I have there there are so many. Nope, I'm not gonna go off on that tangent. Nope, not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I am stopping myself. Anyway, but, but the question I asked was, yes. do you remember the first movie you saw that you did not like? Like, in theaters, do you remember, like, the first time when you were a child, right. having an experience where you saw a movie where you were like, hmm, this isn't for me? Man, that's really hard, because I, my journey into cinema started from the escapism I got from my parents fighting. Okay. So, all of the movies that I went to see, and some of them undoubtedly were bad but even if they were i probably remember them with nostalgia with positive nostalgia because i was in a safe environment hugged by you know the smell of buttery popcorn and the screen that was providing entertainment to allow me to not be in a space that i wanted to run from so Stop taking it, my, my <laughs> bullshitty question and making it sweet and thought-provoking. God. I, uh, the, making the, me feel like a bad the, person. The non-sentimental answer is, Sam, I have no idea. I, I would have to uh, get super introspective and go back into my thought timeline. I, I will have to I will have to let you know after this recording. I will think about Fair it enough. and I will get back to you. Those are still very sweet answers <laughs> and thank you for sharing them. Sure. What has been, I know um, it's your show and it's hard to pick your babies, but what has been one of your favorite episodes that Space you've done? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I asked that at all. <laughs> well, no. The reason is, so a lot of people bring in these movies that they loved growing up. More often than not, when someone brings in a movie, it's something that they saw as a kid or a young person, and they're like, I want to talk about this movie. And then what we do is we kind of say, this is why this movie no longer works. How can we make it work now? So the, for episode 50, I wanted to do the same thing for a movie I grew up with. Like, when I was a kid, I had a Space Jam poster up in my room for probably longer than would have been reasonably acceptable. A lot of us did. <laughs> and... 
like I like an aspect of that for me was just like doing the same thing that everyone else had to go for but for me so the other nice thing about the episode is that I had three other guests and it was Meredith Mantic, Diane Bloom, and Zach Luna and it was just a fun time like we all legitimately really enjoyed making that episode and, and that's part and we ended someplace where none of us had been expecting to go and that's kind of what makes it amazing and that's why i love it like there's other fun episodes like i keep bringing up the 16 candles one because i really like what we did with 16 sure. candles i brought up peanut butter solution a lot because i like that it's a movie no one's heard of and then i'm surprised people do but then we got to make this incredible thing out of it and it's it's super cool and like every like there are definitely some episodes I've done that I don't like, uh, but there are also some episodes that I think are amazing. The really sad thing is occasionally they'll be like, Oh, what about the movie Roman? I'm like, Tell me about this movie and then they'll describe it and I'll be like, Oh wait, I uh, I did do that And I'm just like, I'll remember. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember I did Ronan, I'm mentioning it because I remember it, but it'll happen with other things too. Like someone was talking about um Logan's Run. I was like, oh, yeah, Logan's Run. I really should do an episode on that. He's like, oh, you did do an episode on that. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, sorry, Chris, uh, who, who was my guest for that episode. Right. Because I, for whatever reason, like, some things stick, some things don't. And I'm, yeah. And we did a good episode on Logan's Run. We definitely had a conversation about it. It was a fun time. I do that all the time with this show, too. Like, I forget what I've talked about with, with other guests. And then... Sometimes I'll get notes, like comments from people will be like, you know, you've talked about that like 15 times, right? <laughs> I keep bringing up the same thing. Listen, I, I can't, I can't keep it together. I, I see it annoyed by that too. Like I don't anymore, but I used to listen to notes. Chris Hardwick would tell the same story over and over and over and over again. And it sure. Nuts. Oh yeah. I, and I, for, for many reasons, I cannot listen to that podcast anymore, but I was slowly realizing that, look, a human being only has so many stories, and when you're talking to a new person, sometimes that story is the appropriate context for this moment. I'm not going to bring up for the 27th and a half time that, oh, well, I don't drink because I'm a recovering alcoholic, but the important thing is, uh, he does, and it's annoying. Where was I going? Uh, The important thing is, but like for certain contexts for stories, sometimes you need to repeat yourself, and it's just sure. an aspect of something that. that has There's to nothing wrong with that. You just got to put a little different spin on it when you bring it up the next time, so it's more interesting than it was the previous time. What right. is your but favorite? I also might not remember I brought it up the first time. That's what I'm suggesting. Right. What is your favorite scene in Space Jam? <laughs> Did I get you? Did I ring you? Holy crap! I've never thought about, like, I've honestly never thought about it as individual scenes. The first scene where Michael Jordan lands in Looney Tune land is just delightful. So Space Jam came out at a time where both Michael Jordan and Looney Tunes were kind of on the decline. And so getting to see, I've always kind of enjoyed, like, meta commentary, like, jokes and stuff. And watching the Looney Tunes be meta about the Looney Tunes is just, oh, delightful for me. And then literally breaking their own bits in order to do stuff. Like, honestly, for me, the best scenes of that movie are the scenes without Michael Jordan. And again, I love that movie. But, like, just watching the Looney Tunes be goofy Looney Tunes sounds fantastic, and and I loved it. And Michael Jordan makes fun of himself playing baseball in it, which is also pretty hilarious. 
Um, Which, and there's a whole separate story about that, but I'm gonna. I I gotta go back through your through your whole. (laughs) Okay, fine. Um, I can't I can't watch it in its entirety, but I have so many great memories. My hair is. um, I have so many great memories from watching it, the times that I have seen it, because it does make, you know, like I, I echo your statement about being meta. If it's, if it's meta commentary, I, I eat that shit up for sure. I mean, I'm Weird Al's number one fan. Of course I have to love, you know, parody and satire and meta commentary. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, So I have two Weird Al, Three Weird Al points for you. Great. I watched Teen Titans vs. Teen Titans Go uh, last night, and Weird Al voices a couple of the characters in that movie. Yeah. Like, one at the beginning, one at the end. It was super funny. I was like, is that Weird Al? Doesn't he voice Darkseid? Yes. <laughs> it makes no sense, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, it's so dumb. Uh, and then, um, I, one of the things I had to watch for my writing for animation class is I had to watch this show on Disney called Milo Murphy's Law which is a spin-off of Phineas and Ferb, but Milo Murphy is voiced by Weird Al. And it's weird and fun and amazing. It's insane. And Milo Murphy was actually one of the things that I got to talk to him about when I had him uh, call into my old show. Because awesome. he was, it was just getting ready to premiere. So that was the, that was the one thing that I, I don't know, put me put me over in uh, with his manager. I'm like, well, he should come on and talk about my old Murphy's Law. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I have two YouTube space stories. The first one I've already told because that's where I met you and it's where we reported. Learning Town, yeah. The second time I was there, I had a friend who uh, somehow got tickets for that YouTube week thing, like five, six, seven years Where ago, all YouTube of the, the big YouTubers came out and they had the yeah. big... And then yeah. at the end, they had like a legit concert with Nick Offerman, and and that that big concert, the big conclusion was Weird Al, like he was the grand finale, and I was there for the concert. I so hate the you. two times I've been there, you son of a bitch. At YouTube Space was Learning Town, and then this thing that ended in Weird Al. I have, I have only been over there, I think three times. One for Learning Town. One for a ridiculous music video that I did about Bernie Sanders. I'll send you the link later. And the other one was for... Did I... Oh, yeah. Um, That cheesy short that I did called Godzilla Problems with Nacho Punch, which was... um, an offshoot of, I'm going to get this wrong, so I'm not going to say it. It was with Nacho Punch, and it had uh, freaking Bobby Lee, J.C. Cacoli, and that other big YouTuber that I can never remember the name of until I watched the short again. But it was a freaking blast. (laughs) But I don't, like, it's too far. They need a hub closer to Hollywood or something because going out to it's Playa Vista, right? 
where, yeah, where YouTube Space is? Yeah, no thanks. Okay, further away now that I live in the back. And all three times that Wait. I went there, I took the bus. Oh, Let me man. tell you, I don't suggest it. <laughs> fair, fair. Do not. Yeah. Um, I almost didn't make it to Learning Town. In fact, I very nearly didn't because uh, it took... Thankfully, they were way behind in starting the shoot that day because... Uh, oh, wait, well, was it a couple times? Oh, boy. I don't remember. I feel like it was a week, a week's worth of filming. I was definitely only able to come out there a couple days because, again, bus. Anyway, um, it's too far. Bring it closer, guys. YouTube, just bring it closer. <laughs> you got to come out here. What are... Um, what are some movies that you would still like to do on Ideal Remake that you haven't done yet? Oh, man, I have a whole list. Oh, I, uh, the other thing I was going to tell you, because we were talking about meta-comedy. Yeah. We're recording this on Monday, April 27th. Yes. And I had an episode drop today. And the episode that dropped today is Last Action Hero. Oh, great. One yeah, of the other greatest it. cheesy movies of all time. That's the thing. If you like meta comedy, I love this movie is a was a tremendous flop that like tanked Shane Black's career for like a decade. But this movie might be, aside from the child actor, might be perfect. It's incredible. No, it's a great movie. It's so good. You know what? I am so gonna watch that time. today. I am yeah, gonna watch. I am gonna watch that today because I haven't seen that in at least fifteen years and. Uh, if nothing it's, more than nostalgia points, it's it's awesome. Fantastic. And it's such a, like, it's a movie that I wasn't really familiar with, and then, like, the guest recommended it, and we I sat down to watch this movie, and I was like, do you what? I love this movie. Like, this <laughs> movie that's happening right now, I am in love with it. Mm -hmm. Amazing. <laughs> and, like, so that's part of the reason why I like doing the podcast, because I get to do... Uh, like, I get to find new movies, and I'm like, I like movies I never would have been a part of. One of the other things that I've been doing just in uh, lockdown, quarantine, whatever, mm -hmm. is a friend of mine started a movie club, and every week we have to watch this movie off the Criterion Collection. And it's a movie I probably never would have watched otherwise, but it's, I'm getting to watch movies I never would have watched otherwise. Because my cinema history is sorely lacking. I mean, that's not important. Um, your question had been, what movies do I, am I looking forward to? And right. I've got a whole bunch of, like, I've got a whole list of movies that I want to do uh, eventually. Like, I've already scheduled an episode to talk about Dune. I've scheduled an episode to talk about Bedazzled. There's what? A, Bedazzled? There's Holy crap. Want to know what's great about Bedazzled? Please. Bedazzled is a lot of things. a remake. Of course they are. Brendan Fraser's Bedazzled is a remake of Bedazzled that came out in 1967. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think it's going to be super fun. But I like at some point I want to do War Games. I want to do Short Circuit. I'd love to do Highlander. Short the Circuit. Rock. Like, frankly, I want to talk about Brazil because fuck Brazil. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear in your show. Um, but sure. Like, there's an animated movie called We're Back. I'd love to talk about Uncle Buck because Uncle Buck is brilliant and perfect, but they're oh, going to yeah. remake it eventually, and I don't want them to. And then I've got, like, I'd love to do Spy Kids. Oh. Lots of stuff. Oh, yeah. Have you heard, um, have you listened to Conan's podcast? The, I'm, Conan Needs a Friend. A friend. He, yeah. uh, <laughs> going back to bringing up a story over and over again, but he should because it's a great one. 
he often talks about this adventure that he had with John Candy. And I don't remember the... <laughs> Roommates? Uh, no, just a motorcycle outside. My roommate quarantined with his girlfriend, so I've been basically entirely by myself for two months. Got it. We... <laughs> I'm not crazy. You're crazy. How many crazy? Look, the important thing is that my foot's not full of Tuesday. Go ahead. <laughs> We're all getting through it the best we can, man. Um, yeah. uh, it is very obvious to tell that I haven't had a haircut in seven weeks because... I'm so vain. Seriously, shut up about your hair, dude. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, what the hell were you we talking about? Uh, uh, John Candy. John Candy. So Conan brings show. up this story about John Candy all the time where they they had this outing and he said, you know, he was exactly how John Candy you would expect him to be. He was very jovial and pleasant and uh, unbelievably funny and the most heartwarming guy that you can imagine uh, imagine hanging out with and um i i miss that guy a lot i really do did you ever see the uh the john candy cartoon that was on the in the 80s for like a season and a half no what it was oh yeah um it was um uh oh god oh now that i brought it up already um uh oh no what was it called while you're, while you're, while you're it has one of the called. it has one of the greatest theme songs of all 80s cartoons <clears throat> i'm not kidding I, it's amazing well, we, it's we amazing google it but that'd be cheating i'm not gonna google it it'll come to me <laughs> I watched uh, half of an episode of the Spaceballs cartoon and then had it turned off because it made me angry inside. Yeah. That was a bad It was really bad, yeah. And and I like Spaceballs and I love Mel Brooks, but... Yeah. Yeah, that one, it was pretty stinky, yeah. There were some some real... There were some real shitty cartoons in the 80s and I watched every one of them. Every single one. They just brought the Fraggles back. Um, yeah. I'm born 88, so like I, that's a little bit before my time. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I watched the first episode. It was pretty good. It was too short. I want a, I want a, full, mm-hmm. I want a full 30 minutes of my Fraggles. But, that's uh, not how TV works right now. Shut up, Sam. Not how, not how children I want it all. Uh, I want it all. There's also going to be a new Looney Tunes on HBO Max. Did you see this? I'm not surprised. They keep trying to bring back the Looney Tunes every couple of years, and it keeps not working. But every single time, it's better than Looney Tunes Unleashed. Oh, yeah. And I watched the heck out of that show. Yeah. But it wasn't good. I'm uh, I'm, I'm still really excited for the, uh, the return of Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. I, I'm excited for the return of that too, but part of me is like, I don't think it's going to be quite the same anymore because theoretically to be Animaniacs, you need to be targeting the same age demographic that it was before. And targeting those same age demographics just doesn't quite work anymore. Like, it's literally the Teen Titans, Teen Titans Go problem. Like, the Thundercats reboot is all chibi animation too. 
and I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but I'm more interested in like, like there's no there's no reason to make it the same characters other than just like it's easier to get something with IP behind it made because they're different shows. Like the Teen Titans one makes sense because they make reference to the original and it's fantastic. And every time they do that, like it, it, uh, it, it's delightful. But yeah. like the Thundercats, I think it's just going to be kind of the same arc, but we're going to be completely different now. And I don't think they're going to have kind of the same meta I... I do agree with you. If they're if they're gonna do it, they need to do it right and with the same essence and spirit that they did with the original, which is why I can't watch the new Shira. And I know I'm gonna get absolutely lamb blasted. Again, I don't have any listeners, but if I did, I would be lamb blasted by lambasted. Uh, lamb I said lambasted. You said lamb blasted, which is a different thing. That is both throwing. I will be both. It, <laughs> I'll just have a giant avalanche. Of angry feminists coming at me um, because I don't like the new Shira the same way I hate the new Ghostbusters. But uh, we we're not gonna get into it. Things. We're not gonna get into it. That's okay. Not gonna we're do it. To your opinion. And it's the well, right one. The um, but anyway, I can't watch the new Shira because uh, of exactly that. It doesn't have anything to do with the characters not being drawn sexy. God, doesn't have anything to do with that. This this was the this was the Twitter war that ensued when someone had a difference of opinion that it didn't that, that it wasn't as great as the original. Well, it isn't because it doesn't have the same spirit. Um, beginning with the title, now it's. It's Shira and the princesses of power. I get it. They're sharing the wealth of all of the power, and uh, okay, but the the whole thing is, and they lost this from the very beginning, is that Shira and He-Man are siblings, right? And they those worlds, Etheria and Eternia, feed off of one another. They protect each other, just like Adora and Adam protect each other. I know I should not be going into all of this. (laughs) This is a real problem for me, Sam. (laughs) It's a real issue. It's all right. I'm just going Anyway, I can't watch it. Oh, okay. Good. (laughs) What are you catching right now? Um, apparently I caught a blue bag, but it was only ranked 54, and I got a blue mm. 16 earlier in the week. Okay. These are the important things. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I got a ranked 16 uh, Phoebus. That was exciting. Oh, Not nice. Not melodic is any good in PvP, but it's nice to have. Sure. What I are still... we talking about? <laughs> I was going on endlessly about the new Shira. No one cares. I uh, still haven't caught a shiny, uh, I still don't have a shiny Phoebus. Uh, Maybe some experts. If we go lucky sometime, I can give you another shiny Phoebus. We'll never meet again, Sam. This is oh, the only time sorry. we're going to see each other is is via Zoom. No. No. <laughs> how how much longer do you think this thing is going to go on? What are we looking at here? What what's your thoughts? I think well, if like there was a point earlier where it's like if ever if we social distance perfectly, it would last two weeks and we'd be done. We can't have nice things, Sam. Because that's never going to happen. And literally, as things are on the decline, now we get all this stupid 
liberty protesters or whatever, who are going to trigger a second wave, who are going to get us locked down for another month. Going to like, has already passed. Are. Right. It's happening. Yeah. Like, they don't think, like, Kentucky, two weeks after Kentucky started doing, like, the, the liberty protests, Kentucky saw its highest numbers of, uh, of infection. And the problem is that it's like you can say, oh, well, they're just going to infect themselves and it's going to be a self like their own self process prophecy, but they're going to infect other people and that's the problem. Yep. I mean, anyone getting infected is bad, but also just the dramatic and, and irony of them infecting themselves because they're being stupid is delightful for me. But like, it, and even I was feeling good about how California was doing because California in particular has been really good at being, being really progressive. And then Huntington Beach and Orange County are shitting all over that. Yep. And as soon as they did that, that that collection of the spread goes out everywhere, right? Yeah. And it, and then it can't be once it's uncontained, it can no longer be contained like the venom symbiote. It just it starts spreading, it will crawl on you, it will overtake you. You become a demonic monster, and you can't go back, right? That's that's it. Once you've been infected, unless unless you're hit with some high octane, you know, uh, vibrations, I mean, you're fucked, right? Like I mean, the ultimate irony, of course, is that on my morning walk this morning, I stopped by uh, an urgent care, and I got uh, I had some blood drawn so I could get tested for antibodies. So we'll see. Good. That's great. Because there's a, I know that like there's two schools of thought. Like there's a lot of people who believe that this kind of went through California and Los Angeles in particular earlier in the year than anyone thought. And I made that stand, but there's also the school of thought where people are like, come on guys, this is just a fool, don't be ridiculous. And I'm like, I can understand that too. But I was really, really sick in January. And I and I had all the symptoms. And I have friends with flight attendants and other people who travel because of Pokemon. But that's not important. And then I found out that a bunch of other people in the Pokemon community that I played with also were sick at the same time. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And even if, I, let's say, even if I had antibodies, I still need to behave the exact same because the virus could mutate and who knows what's on my hands that I could give to someone else. Just like, like the symbiote. Yeah. My behavior won't change. It turn from venom into carnage at any point. Down. You don't know. Yeah. But if, it, if I turns out I have antibodies and my anxiety can go down, it's worth it. For sure. So, You're... like, I don't know. It's, but in answer to your question, because of that stupid fucking moronic bullshit that people are The anthropomorphic to, Cheeto. We're going to be yep. in for another one to two months just because of that. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing we can fucking do about it. And Unfortunately, we can. Not anymore. Um, I actually strangely was sort of at the forefront of all of this uh honestly i'm not sure whether or not i should be upset with myself that i didn't try to warn people not that anyone would have listened but when i was working at uh, dumpling and associates which was the dumpling themed pop-up in downtown la this was before fruit or after fruit this was uh starting in december got it oh well oh yeah I told you, right? It was owned by a Chinese company. Bingo. Not, not, well, a Chinese guy. I won't say his name. 
I suppose it's probably easily Googleable, but and it's probably not especially relevant. Well, so this guy was actually flying back and forth from China to the U.S. because his work visa only allowed him to be here for two weeks at a time, and then he'd have to go right back. So he had been flying back and forth, back and forth the entire time he was running the business while also importing a gargantuan amount of like Chinese, uh, you know, snacks and like um, promotional materials and stuff. All of which I have no doubt (laughs) had been contaminated. And we... You know, we found out he was communicating that this was happening starting in January, the beginning of January. And then I think around the beginning of February, is that too late? Doesn't matter. Anyway, I guess it does if the CDC is listening to this, but again, I don't have any listeners. But uh, so, uh, he was quarantined. He, at some point when he flew back to China, he got it and was held there and couldn't come back. So... I vaguely remember you telling me that too. Yeah, so our immediate supervisor essentially became the overall manager and um, uh, we didn't hear from the guy for weeks. And when he did finally send a message, he was like, you know... I'm in recovery, I'm in quarantine, they won't let me out of the country, and uh, it's absolutely insane over here. So then he finally, he finally was able to fly back to the U.S., but then he was kept in U.S. quarantine so long that we never, we didn't see him again. Meanwhile, because he wasn't able to keep up with, you know, business duties as much as he was before um not that we were getting many guests (laughs) as it was but uh he wasn't able to keep up with all of the things and so we ran out of guests and had to close and he was kept in u.s quarantine so long that he didn't even get to see the last day of the business being open and we didn't see him anymore like after he was kept in china we we just didn't see him it was really strange yeah did you ever get sick no because i imagine if they're especially vulnerable you might have been hospitalized um i won't uh i mean a huge knock on wood um i am i'm doing okay i've been doing okay the last time i got really really sick was january of last year um, I got something October 2018 that I'm, I've been told I was melodramatic about it, but I don't think it was. I almost died. I was, I was in a very terrible place. That was when, um, uh, I was essentially homeless and staying at that, uh, uh, that mansion, whole another story for another episode. But anyway, um, I know being homeless and staying in a mansion doesn't quite fit together, but it did at the time. It was a whole thing. Anyway, I 
I got sick while I was in performances for um, the LA Haunted Hayride and ended up in the ER for who knows what it was. They, I don't, I don't know if it was in some sort of paperwork where they told me what had happened or, or what, but every time I get sick, it mixes with my asthma. So it's always bad, no matter what. But I was like, there was no lung function. I had zero um, breathing capability. Everything was shut off. So whatever happened in October happened again in January. And when it happened again, it was January in 2019, uh, I was admitted and I was in the hospital for two days. And they had me plugged up to all of the things, uh, tubes up my nose and down my throat and uh, giving me, you know, all sorts of liquids and a million breathing treatments. Now, was it a COVID? Who the fuck knows? I have no idea. I do know that October was bad. January was worse. And in January when I was sick, that's the worst I've ever been. I've gone, th I've had a lot of pretty serious attacks and, you know, illnesses mixing with my, my already uh, broken lung capacity. But that was the closest to death I ever remember being as, as far as, you know, an illness is concerned. So uh was was that the case uh, most experts at this point would probably say no it was way too early for it to be covid-19 but i wonder if it was one of the other 18 covids that's not, that's not what the 19 is <laughs> so covid-19 stands for coronavirus disease coronavirus yes disease i know covid and yes, then the 19 was discovered in 2019 yeah. It's like, yeah. So, do you want a little bit of good news and a little bit of silver lining? Please. Always. I, I got my bell metal too excited. Whoa! In just the hour we've been talking. Yes, the buddy event is real in Pokemon Go. We're, we're talking That's great. Well done. Yeah. I've been paying complete attention the whole time. Sure you have. Sure. <laughs> I live on a Pokestop, and it's been a rocket stop twice. It's been great. Listen, I'm enjoying the hell out of these uh, remote raid passes. I already uh, took down a Cub Chew earlier. and oh, uh, I, I have not used any of mine yet. Yeah, I, um, I picked up a, a, a pack of three. Ooh, ooh, here we go. Is this even going to let me in? Probably not. There is a... Uh, Landorus at the I mean, X-Ray. I can't solo a Landorus. I can't. You need at least three or four people. <sighs> well, you want to you wanna, uh, astral project yourself over to this, uh, this raid and help me out? I'm that are currently visible on your map, and your raids are not currently visible Come on Come on, man. I would have to get in the car and help me out. the raid. Uh, and, and I'm not going to do that. Fine. I mean, <sighs> if you need a Landris, do some uh, 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 Global Battle League. I suck at Battle League. 
Yeah, but no one's in it anymore, and you can just fight all the other scrubs who haven't been doing anything. Get your four wins and move on. I gotta watch Last Action Hero first, and then that maybe then maybe I will sure. uh, I will do that. Yeah, uh, but we'll see what happens. You are also a really gifted writer, and I want to talk about that a little bit. I've um, I uh, you have a writers group which I've uh, joined a couple times. I've that's I've not missed... my writers group. That's, uh, that's oh, that's Tom and Roshni's uh, writers group. Okay, Roshni's writers group, but you are also a part of it. And um, the... if you want to hear Tom and Roshni's podcast, listen to the writers block. Writers, uh, no, writers group, writers group therapy. That's right. Yep. Uh, also, another great show. Please mm-hmm. check that out. Support uh, support them. Roshni's really great. She's she's got a lot of energy. <laughs> Yes. She's a lot of fun. Um, they, they were my guests for the uh, Secret of My Success episode. Yep. <laughs> uh, your piece that was presented when I was there when we last met at the uh, NoHo PD was really great. I, I don't remember the name it of it. It was the alien Pilot. Oh, yeah. You read Act 1 of uh, Galactic Care Unit. So, there we go. the story behind Galactic Care Unit is um, I outlined it in January. Like, I had this idea. So, I wanted to write a new pilot because most of 2019 I spent working on projects with other people. I'm collaborating on, with three different people on three different scripts right now um, a horror comedy feature, a uh, just a straight up comedy pilot, and an animated. Uh, movie um, and um, and so that's what I was doing mostly for 2019 and so at start 2020 I want to write something that was just mine and I have a tendency to kind of do like big sweeping things lots of different changes or places and I wanted to force myself to stay in just one location the entire time single location that's it and so I came up with this idea of uh, and I outlined it all out. I also happen to be lucky enough to get to go to Sundance this year. So congratulations. Uh, it wasn't. We were just going, <laughs> um, and then we were staying in Salt Lake City. It was a whole thing. And with the people I went with, the uh, plan had been: we'll treat it as a writers' retreat, and we'll go see some amazing movies. Well, we got there, and the couple of people I was there with were like, "So, turns out we don't actually have enough money to go see some of these movies." And I was like. We're in Utah. We're here to see movies. No. Uh, but it was fun. So um, I ended up turning it into a, I, I was like, all right, we're not seeing movies. I am doing a goddamn writer's retreat. And I sat down and powered through and wrote the pilot I had outlined. So I wrote Galactic Care Unit. While you were Utah. there. Yeah. And, wow. And uh, we did. So we saw a movie, and we got to go see Park City. So I got to see a little bit of the vacation stuff. Uh, and I have a separate Utah story after this. But um, the movie we saw is called Nine Days. And when it eventually becomes available, everyone should watch this movie. It's beautiful and perfect. Um, but it, it's basically a, a comedy that takes place entirely within the waiting room for a hospital. And so that's this thing that I wrote that I then brought to uh, writer's group. And since then, I've, I've done a couple of changes, a couple of edits. But for the most part, it's been 
pretty well received and I haven't gotten that many notes. Um, but whatever the notes I've gotten, if it made sense, I took the note, I've made those changes and I kind of have a draft ready that I want to put in front of literary managers and agents while I'm still sitting stuck at home. It just hasn't happened. Um, because yeah, well. even, even in all of this, it's still possible to contact them. But, uh, that is the latest thing that I wrote and I think it's, I think it's wonderful and apparently everyone seems to like it, which is very nice. Okay. So, so I have an idea. We should have another writer's meeting, maybe even the same people, right? Reading the same portion, or a different portion. Reading that pilot, right? Recorded as a Zoom, and then you can use that as your pitch pilot. A pitch pilot? A Zoom pitch pilot. Yeah. Right? Uh it, it's a it's a lovely idea. I don't want any aspect of uh, the script out there. Okay, that's more. fair. Understood. Yeah. All right. And, and and as it happens, you're not allowed to send unsolicited material anyway. So I have Fine. to get them to ask. I have to get them to ask for the script. Ah, stupid logic, Sam. Yeah, sorry. You jerk. Yeah, I do what I can. Um. So yeah, so I'm working on that, and I have a couple of other scripts. And all of a sudden, I have too much to write over the next month because it's almost May and May is spec season. And as much as I like my Teen Titans Go spec, I can't use that to submit to any of the, the contests. So, or not contests, fellowships. Um, and so I need to write, uh, I have two things I need to write in May. I have a new pilot that I wanna write that I came up with last week actually, which is kinda cool. Uh, and then I need to do a spec episode of an existing TV show, and I'm leaning towards it being what we do in the shadows, which I love because it's amazing. I just talked about my uh, I just talked about that show with my previous guest, and she wonderful. didn't ha she had glorious, wonderful things to say about it, and it's it's my Whatever next watch said, I will, after I will Last Action it. Hero. I will yes. be getting into that. Good, love it. But yeah, that's the sort of stuff I'm working on now. And awesome. then, of course, promoting the other things. I'm... Plus, I need to do a rewrite on uh, Act 1 of the horror comedy I'm doing with my friend Harry. Uh, and then, because he's currently working on Act 2. Lots of stuff to do. Just got to make myself do it. As do we all. <laughs> plus, I have to edit the podcast. Oh, yeah. Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm actually having a really good time recording. I, I like this medium. I'm yeah. enjoying this a lot. I really am. Good. I guess I mean can't get much more comfortable than you know recording. Uh, I am wearing pants, by the way, but they're track pants, and it's like I couldn't be more comfortable. And you know, just hanging out here at my place, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't I don't have to traverse the metro to get to somewhere, wherever, to record. I don't have to spend money on a recording booth. This is actually fantastic. I might yeah. do this this way forever. <laughs> I don't see why not. You should. I mean... I'm sitting here wearing shorts. I like shorts. They're comfy and easy to wear. Who doesn't like shorts? But, I mean, that's just because I'm wearing the clothes I want for my walk-in. Like, one of the things I'm doing in quarantine is I am keeping to a schedule. Like, I am waking up at 8 o'clock every day. I might not get out of bed till 9, but I'm waking up at 8 o'clock every day, and I'm going to bed between 12 and 1 every night. 
I'm getting dressed, I'm showering, I'm doing those things every single day because if I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll lose it. Bravo to you, sir. That so is like, that, incredible. That, that's my fighting off the, the COVID crazies. I, it's, it's I certainly I applaud you on that because that is, <laughs> that is definitely not something I'm doing. I'm, it, it, I sleep in until whenever I wake up and uh, yeah, sometimes I'm woken me. up by the bastards across the street doing construction, which I, uh, you know, I can't do much about, I guess, um, until I figure I out a proper diabolical plan. Built, they're doing construction across the street from me too. I like they were both pointing in the same direction. Uh, but... <laughs> And I, I was annoyed by it, but like the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? Good for them. They're employed right now, and I can't get mad at that. And if it forces me to get out of bed, cool. I would, I would be okay with that logic if they didn't start before at 7 a.m. That's my main issue with it. Um, well... That and the directional alarms, which when they have the trucks that are using them, uh, it's never just one. It's like three or four that are going at the same time for six, seven, or eight hours at a time. And I, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Listeners, you can't see Sam's face right now, but he's scowling in confusion. Um, that is when when they go they're going all day and it's enough to make any sane person want to watch space jam over and over and over <laughs> sounds like a crazy and amazing way to live i just realized like i have a i have another friend who lives across the street from you next to the building where they're doing construction i feel like i should check in and make sure she's okay if that's the case. oh you probably should because well listen again uh knock on um hypothetical hypothetical wood they've been been quiet today yeah well so i hope they just it's it's already four it o'clock so yeah that's true it's also monday and it might be a bank holiday and none of us know is it a bank um, holiday? I don't know. What is time? <laughs> I have no idea. But it, it's four o'clock. It's four o'clock. Like, we we need to transition onto other creative endeavors. Thank you so much for uh, for being on the show. Really appreciate yeah. it. I, Should I plug stuff? <laughs> yes, plug all of the things. Where can people find you? Uh, First of all, everyone should like and subscribe and rate and review my podcast, which is called Ideal Remake. We now have an Ideal Remake YouTube channel. If you're the sort of person who prefers your podcasts via YouTube, so that's fairly new. But if you're not and you just like podcasts in general, Ideal Remake, wherever you listen to podcasts. I myself am Sam Gash. I am, am Sam Gash, and I am available to be followed on Twitter at my name, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. Sam Gash on Twitter. I do remake on podcasting shenanigans. Well plugged. Woo. Thank you so much, Sam Gash. It's been an honor and a pleasure as always. Uh, I will continue to send you uh, shots of my shiny Pokemon. And I will continue to be jealous. (laughs) As it should be. Look, look, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do something. And just right before we hang up, I'm just gonna just gonna slowly raise this into oh, into view. Oh, 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 oh.
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking at a lucky shiny Riolu. It is real pretty. A a lucky Shundo Riolu. Holy mother of God. Whoa. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, that was fun watching it cross your face. That is intense. Wow. Yeah. Bravo, my friend. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Let's, uh... Let's do this again sometime. Anytime. Take care. Bye. Remember, you can follow me, as always, across all the places at Devlin Wilder. That's D-E-V-L-I-N-W-I-L-D-E-R. And Faux Real at Faux Real Pod. That's F A U X R E A L P O D. That's it for this one. See you on the next one. Bye.